welcome once again to It Is Complicated, the podcast where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of the podcast, which is also It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J. Hello, Josephine. How are you on this gorgeous, well, I would say sunny, but the sun has decided not to come out today because it'll come out tomorrow. There's a song in that post daylight saving self. Uh, I am at least one hour before and or after myself. That's how I feel right now. I'm still (laughs) having the wide awake at two o'clock in the morning because my body doesn't quite know what time it is. Yeah, that's the absurdity of this sort of, I mean, what is that line from uh, Douglas Adams? It's time and his illusion, lunchtime doubly so. (laughs) Hi, Dr. J, how are you doing? Insert time period. Doing good. Insert emotions and stress to a moderate level of normal. TEDx talk is done. It will be up soon. That was a huge thing. In the same week, I also did a panel for Intuit on trans or non-binary in the workplace. And yeah, and I just wrote a piece for ThoughtWorks, which they've just published like literally seconds ago on how to be a good ally to your trans people online. 10 simple ways you can be a supporter and an ally online for trans day visibility. Um, I was about to do a really good segue there where I was going to say, oh, so you're saying that you're being very visible recently, Jay. (laughs) But you ruined that by saying it straight away and doing your own segue. I I don't know how to feel. I feel like I've been segued. Maybe we should have discussed how to segue, but we also haven't done an introduction. So nobody knows who the fuck I am. I'm a visible person. Last week, you called me a superhero. This week, you're turning me into the visible, but not named, not introduced, non-binary person. I think I got all that. <laughs> Please do make yourself visible, dear Jay, by telling us who you are. Hi, I'm Dr. Jay. I use they as pronoun. I got to give myself the job title Harbinger of Change because I'm lucky enough to work at a software consultancy called ThoughtWorks who allow people to do such things. I also, thanks to being born in New Zealand, got to give myself the gender transgressive non-binary gender queer. Yes, that is my official gender. Yes, I would like to state it on your forms. That said, what a surprise. I'm a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because lifestyle, because branding. Was that okay, Josephine? Was that visible enough to you? It feels like you're visible as yourself. And I think that's all we can hope for, right? Absolutely. So who are you, Josephine? Who is this person I am talking to that I've known for 15 years? And I even described last time how we met. (laughs) It always feels so ridiculous to ask. (laughs) It's the absurdities of these things with that in mind and the joy of absurdity that I have. Hi, Dr. J. My name is Josephine Baird. I'm a scholar, activist, and artist. I used to make a spectacle of myself up on the stage regularly, but now I like to make a spectacle of myself by drawing queer people and putting those pictures up on the internet. I'm also a lecturer on the subjects of game design at the University of Uppsala here in Sweden, and I like to think of myself as a queer with a purpose and or a femme of international mystery. Honestly, I might go with a femme of international mystery going forward because it sounds awesome. And I wish I was one. It does. It suits a standee you've got standing behind you. I do have a standee. Dear listener, for those of you who can't see it, I have a literal life-size standee of myself, which was produced for a film that I was in called Die Hard, and so it actually has a purpose. But I just like having it around so that I can wave it at people now and again and go, look, look, I have this much of an ego. It's literally <laughs> the same height as me. 
And <laughs> yes, it looks particularly mysterious and femme. And in the film, she was kind of a femme of international mystery. That is true. Either. So femme, I think, is the first thing that should be in there. Well, yeah, like I've discussed in previous podcasts, that the femme was the first sort of identifier that I found in the LGBTQ sort of, I don't know what you call, family of subjectivities. The vernacular, yeah. I found that femme was the one that fit me the most. And I still very much enjoy being a femme. And I think I would enjoy very much being a femme of international mystery. And therefore, I shall just keep stating it until it becomes true. (laughs) (laughs) As I've done so many things in my life, dear listener, because, you know, being a queer, getting gigs is tricky. And being a visible queer makes gigs even trickier. So often what I found myself doing is a combination of fake it till you make it or just start doing it until they pay you, (laughs) which (laughs) the second part hasn't worked out as well as I would like it to have. But I am doing better than I have been in the past, which brings me to the second segue of the night. Dear Jay, I'm going to segue again. I've segued and I shall segue today. On the day of recording, it is Trans Day of Visibility, which is a very important day that brings with it, for me personally, mixed emotions, but usually a positive overall experience. And we thought it'd be really nice to talk about the day. It'd be really nice to revisit the subject of visibility in general. And yeah, so that's today's topic. I rather like today's topic because it's nice to be able to celebrate today is the 10 year anniversary of me being publicly out as non-binary at work because 10 years ago of the Trans Day Visibility at Nokia, I publicly announced that I was non-binary and changed my name officially on the systems to J as I spell it now, which caused an amazing kerfuffle amongst the IT people because changing my name changed my email addresses and that just broke pretty much every single system that I accessed and it took us about a week to sort it out. But that said, it's kind of one of those really nice anniversaries to have an anniversary of officially coming out at work. And it was possibly less intentional than I intended, but also sometimes you do things where the back part of your brain says, no, you need to do this, and I'm going to take over, front part of brain, fuck off, you're going to do this thing, and not quite know why, until about 10 years later, and you go, actually, that was a really awesome thing to have done. That was an incredibly awesome thing to have done. At a time when the Equal Rights Act had only just come out, at a time when all of that was going through to come out publicly as non-binary, or genderqueer. I can't remember quite what I labeled myself as at the time because they didn't quite get transgressive non-binary genderqueer. So I tried to kind of explain it a little bit. And I think genderqueer was more in the vernacular than non-binary. People understood that a little bit more. So I kind of came out with the emphasis on the genderqueer within my sentence. And it's nice to kind of look back and go, been a ride. That's one way of putting it, isn't it? (laughs) It's been a ride. (laughs) It's almost as good as my life choices were made. Well, that's wonderful. Happy anniversary, Jay. It just so happens that a friend of mine, and I don't know if I should name them, I suppose I can, because she spoke very openly today about being trans, and they've kept that relatively private in their lives. I mean, there are people who knew, and it's so wonderful to see her take this day 
to become so overtly visible and she's got quite a following so it was I know kind of daunting and exciting Mm. and it's kind of wonderful I guess what's nice about this and maybe this is the sort of angle on this topic that might be particularly good to talk about today is to think of this visibility in a positive sense I think the last time we spoke about this we spoke about visibility as being particularly fraught and difficult which it can be and it certainly is I wrote for my post about trans day visibility today about this fear that I have every single time I know that I'm going to be visible or I choose to be visible or whatever form of visibility that takes. I have this moment of pause right before I do it, whether it's talking about who I am or just sharing a photo or talking about trans issues or anything that outs me. There is this micro moment of like, of this ice in my stomach, this terror that hits me of like, okay, I'm making a dangerous choice again. And that is important. And definitely worth reflecting on today, and especially with the way the world is. Because Jesus fucking Christ, it's painful watching the news right now. Having said that, taking a day to celebrate and to highlight each other and to be visible in the most positive sense of that word, I think is a very important, positive, radical thing to do. Because it's so against the kinds of visibilities that the culture we live in requires of us, that imposes on us all the time. There is this horrible rhetorics about if you're hiding your transness, that you're somehow being duplicitous, which is absolute bollocks, because there's all sorts of reasons to hide your transness. Basically, a culture that is so keen on knowing your transness (laughs) should be a red flag to anybody who's concerned about being visible. Having said all that again, now that I've reiterated my point twice, I think it'd be nice to talk about positive visibilities. It's something we don't get to talk about too much at the moment. I, for one, have been incredibly lucky in my opportunities to have been able to be as visible as I am in places that I felt really mattered to me, in places that I could be visible. I wouldn't say safely because that's not ever true, but in a safer way. I was able to be visible in large productions on stages. I've been visible in film and advertising for film that involved once in one magical month having my face plastered all over the Stockholm subway. That was special, I must admit, getting onto a train, regularly seeing your face, (laughs) (laughs) being blown up on a large advert. I have been tremendously lucky to be able to do that. And I wish that it never came with that fear as well. And it makes me so happy to see so many visible trans people on a day-to-day basis, but especially today. My Twitter feed for once is filled instead with smiling, fabulous trans people, expressing themselves, being visible, being joyful, and sharing with each other. And that makes me really, really happy because I know what an impact that can have. And I've been lucky enough to have had my moment of that very visibly in public sectors, but now also just in my, I don't know, lecture hall and (laughs) in this podcast. And when I draw a funny picture, it's all visibilities and it's all important and it all can be seen sometimes. And I'm very, very grateful that I'm in a place where I can do that. I also wish that I didn't have to be grateful and feel lucky for that. It should never have to be that way. But given the circumstances, 
it makes me happy today, especially to be visible myself and to see others. So for those of you who've shared your visibility today, know that you are seen and I am very joyful about that. I like the way that you talked about it. So I get to be visible every day. There are videos of me running public meetings for this government department that I'm sitting there talking away. And at the start of every single introduction, I get people to state their name and their pronouns. And there was a few people who at first were a little bit, "Eh, I'm going to joke around with this and kind of make fun of it or kind of forget to do it till Jay prompts me back. Suddenly, about three months later, everyone just does their pronouns as if it's the most natural part of introducing themselves. And it's kind of one of those things of just by being visible and just saying, yeah, I'm stating my pronouns. You'll state your pronouns too. And just leaving it at that. And it's just like a, here we go. And it's the same when I'm in physical presences as well. I always have pronoun pins on because everyone forgets my pronouns and it's just kind of those little moments, but it's being visible is nice. Being visible is slowly changing the world. And I'm so loving today's Trans Day of Visibility compared to 11 years ago when I was thinking about coming out. When I came out, the world is so different in so many ways. Still shy in a whole pile of ways for trans people, but there's so many people saying, I am here. This is me. And that's brilliant. I think one of the difficulties with, and I don't want to linger on this, but I will mention one of the difficulties with more visibility comes a backlash. And I shouldn't have been as surprised as I have been about how vehement that backlash has been. With more visibility of trans people has come quite a spectacular backlash. Having said that, I like to linger on the greater visibility of trans people. It's been wonderful seeing so much more visibility from people who are very much in the public eye. I'm thinking of the people who came out this year as Mm. trans. I've seen a few and it's been kind of wonderful to even just the personal people in my life who've chosen to be visible in ways that they haven't been able to in the past. That's what I want to linger on. Now, the repercussions of that, we can talk about that and we have. But for today, maybe I'd just like to mention that experience of seeing the impact of somebody being visible. When I came out, there really weren't so many visible people. There just weren't. And that made it really, really difficult because not having those visible people in the public eye made it really difficult to know that I wasn't by myself, that I wasn't so unusual and weird. It's very isolating experience having no one there to see. Often when you when you look at media theory and representation, there's often a sort of like denigration of the notion of that something should just be positive representation. It should be actual representation. But any representation is also an issue. And for me, when I came out, there really was very little to none actual representation in the broader media, which meant the world to me because I was stuck in a small town and the best access that I had to the wider world was the TV. Internet wasn't as much of a thing. When I finally managed to escape to university, internet became a thing. And even there, it was in sort of like secluded websites, places you had to know where to find. And now it's less that. And there are people who are taking the chance to be visible in ways that they never were before and certainly weren't when I was coming out. 
I was thinking about a game today. I was listening to a really interesting analysis of a very, very big production of last year called The Last of Us Part Two. Huge game, sold incredibly well, massively controversial because all things that include trans people are by definition controversial. But there was trans representation in that game in a very specific way. And it was being analyzed by this person. And I was like, my God, what would it be like to be coming out now where you could put a game, a big game, a game by a very big company into your PlayStation, turn it on and see yourself represented and have people question about whether or not it was nuanced enough or it was a good enough representation or if this representation. And my response is, do you mean there's a trans person in the game and they're not evil and causing disaster? There's representation of any kind? It's like, wow. Show me. Is it played or voiced by a trans In that person? case, I don't know. I'm going to find out for you. But there are games which are trans representative that are played by trans people. And these things exist now. And it's a discussion we're having now. And not to say that we shouldn't be having this discussion. We shouldn't be pushing these boundaries because we should. And we've talked about that. See our previous episodes, dear listener. However, having said that, from someone who came out in a time when this was not the case at all, it's very exciting seeing any visibility. And as such, it makes me wonder, what is it like to choose to be visible now with that? I know that it's still very difficult. I know it's still scary and a huge challenge for a lot of people in lots of different circumstances. But I believe with greater visibility comes greater opportunity and greater understanding and greater possibility. And as such, I will always celebrate that. So one of the things when I came out at work and like when I joined ThoughtWorks, there was one other non-binary person and I got to talk to somebody and they were very reassuring that this was a cool place and that I could be myself there. And it took me all of the seven stages of the interviews. And I would say it's almost taken me all of the almost five years I've been there to really feel comfortable that these people don't just say that they're comfortable, they act comfortable. There's a difference between somebody saying we're inclusive and then saying, oh, look, you're going to a client, do you really have to mention pronouns? They're much more, hey, we're going to a client, everyone on the team, we need to mention pronouns. When I've been challenged on what bathroom I use at a client, these people have been like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, wow, this happens every day and nobody's ever asked. And they're like, no, we really want to make sure you're okay. And we don't think it's okay. Would you like us to go up school and have a talk with the headmaster? And it's a bit like, nah, it's okay. I think I've handled it. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on it. And we want to make sure that you're feeling okay. And it's just that extra level of inclusion is hard to comprehend when you're visible. So a lot of the times I've been visible, but I've been visible and that visibility has bumped up against so many things and people have almost gone, yeah, you're visible. Could you just kind of tone it down a little bit? Whereas it's amazing to be in a space where you're visible and you can just be visible. The other thing is, and this is as a queer geek, I, well, I've performed and, and that I'm not a performer in the same way that Josephine is a performer. I perform as an amateur. I do it smallly. I don't do it bigly. My job is working in offices. My job is working with clients. My job, my skills are all about getting people to talk, creating these really interesting groups and all of that. And being able to do that and not worry about 
being non-binary, not worry that somebody's going to push you around, but also being visibly non-binary in a space where there really aren't any out visible non-binary people. But I often get people coming up to talk to me at clients who will be three or four groups away, or they will have seen me in the canteen and they'll come up and go, hey, I noticed you put your pronoun in your email signature and you got cool blue hair. I'm kind of also non-binary. And I was like, oh, that's great. Are you out at work? Uh, no, I'm not really that comfortable. Oh, how can we work to make this place more comfortable? Because I'm comfortable being out here. How can I make this place more comfortable for you? And that's an amazing privilege to have, to be that visible thing that's forcing the space open, to have somebody go, hey, I might be able to do that too. In spaces that people don't expect, people don't expect a non-binary person in blue hair dressed like I am to wander into their boardroom and go, so here's what we're going to be doing today. (laughs) Here's the sessions that we're going to be running and I'm your facilitator. And yes, I am an expert on insert the vertical here, insert the thing that we're talking about here, because I will have spent a lot of time researching and making sure that I know all of the stuff that I'm talking about. And we're going to take you through the stuff today and just watching people go, well, this is unusual. And then moving along with it, which is pretty amazing. That is. And that's the other thing I've tried to explain sometimes is that you don't know what impact you're having by being visible and what you could be doing for other people and what that Mm. means. And Jay, I'm really glad someone comes up not only to tell you that you've encouraged them, but also that you might have then have an immediate effect because of it. But the other thing is that so often you won't know that because you'll be seen, you'll have an impact, and then they'll take that away into their life. And that makes Mm. such a difference to people. I remember the fleetingest images of trans people and what it meant to me when I was first coming out. And what it meant to me to see visible people, even just like in passing in the street Mm. and the impact that had. There was a queer person at school in my high school that I've told her story many times and I've written it down. I've asked if it's okay. So I think I could tell, maybe I should tell that story at some point on this podcast, but for now I'll limit it a bit. She was out and very visible as queer in a very, very normative environment. And the impact that had on me was profound. I was very grateful many years later to have the chance to tell her what an impact it had had. But she wouldn't have known had I not run into her literally in the street at Pride (laughs) years later and babbled at her going, oh my God, it's you. I need to tell you how important you are. And she's like, oh yeah, I sort of remember you. (laughs) Yes, I was like, I'm a girl now. (laughs) Because you not well no not because of you but because you were visible and helped me realize that queer people could exist in any environment and here I am hi thank you yeah we we had a more coherent conversation later on but yeah it it means a lot to be visible update on the last of us part two game the trans character called Lev is played by a non-binary actor called <gasps> Alexander. So we effectively have a game that passes Alvin Tota test. Yes. Because we have a trans or non-binary character played by a trans or non-binary person whose plot yes. thingy mabobsy yep. is not tragedy. Their plot purpose is not tragedy. It starts in tragedy because it always has to a bit, right? Yep. But because also it is a uh, <laughs> it's also a post-apocalyptic nightmare environment. It's a mess. <laughs> the, ga- the game is a disaster area for in many, many ways. But I've just been learning about Ian Alexander, who came out 
after finding a an open casting call for a Netflix show. It was the OA. I haven't seen it. I've seen the first episode, but this is a couple of years ago in 2015. There was an announcement looking for a Asian American trans boy because it was a 15 year old character. They literally were of that age and they hadn't come out to their parents. So they came out to their parents and said, hi, I'm trans and I want to go to this casting call. And they went and they got the gig. Amazing. <laughs> so visibility win all around there. Very impressive story that I'm reading about here. Ian Alexander. I don't want to say more about them because I, I'm literally looking online. And of course, we know what online resources can be like. But yes, this is the case. So, wow. I'm definitely going to look up the OA. And I will add The Last of Us 2 to the list of games to play once I have completed Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> there are other because, games no. with trans characters played by trans actors that you can play for us today, I promise. But this is also one of the things that I think is important about us being visible is it's about the differences. Trans people and non-binary people are not all just the same. We are geeks. We are geekly into games. We are not so geekly into games. We are university lecturers. We are consultants in technology. We are artists. We are academics. We are all of these things. We are not just a single stereotype walking down the street, which is what I was seeing back when I first started to come out in the mid 90s. But that was more as queer then. But for me, there's always been these stereotypes that have never quite fitted. And now with more people being visible, that notion has changed and trans people can be a gazillion among things. But it's also that people can be really different people can be non-binary it's the cat jay jay was looking up and down like this where's this noise coming from it's the very loud cat that walked in and started meowing and of course you always have to leave the cat in because there are people who listen out for the cat uh, a dear friend from vancouver for example who i don't know if they if uh... I don't know if she would mind me mentioning her name. I don't imagine she would, but just in case. A dear friend from Vancouver who's probably listening, I know that you particularly enjoy the sound of the cat, so I shall leave it in for you. And instead of being grumpy about it and worry about the editing, I will just smile and enjoy that, knowing that you will enjoy this episode a little bit more just because the cat came in and pronounced its uh, presence <laughs> so loudly. <laughs> so there we are. Yeah, um... What more is there to say about this, Jay? I think we've talked a lot about this. and I know that it's a privilege to be visible. So I just want to say, if people don't feel that they can be visible, you make the conscious decision to be you and be you. I hope people feel the ability to be themselves, to be who they are, to be this wonderful queer creature that they are, this wonderful non-binary creature, this wonderful trans creature all of these things that you can be i hope people feel the ability to be that and be that confidently and not feel threatened in being that because literally the freedom that i felt now that i can be visibly me in as much of my life as possible it just makes me so much more relaxed and happy and it's when i have to transition into spaces where it's not safe for me to be as visibly non-binary as I am, that I realize the privilege that I'm living under a lot more. And I feel that old jacket closing in around me, if that makes sense. 
but I know that it makes such a difference when you can be yourself. But I am also so aware of the privilege of being able to do that. I think it's a big problem if people are made to feel like they have to be visible by a day like this or other people or some sort of sense of rhetoric or responsibility. The truth is you have a responsibility to take care of yourself and be yourself in the way that you want to be. And there are lots of reasons not to be visible. And there are lots of reasons that are problematic and we wish to change so that you can make that choice more freely. And then there are reasons that are personal that you just don't feel like it. Like it's like, I don't want to be visible about this right now. And that's perfectly valid. And I think that needs to be understood. Those people who choose to be visible and choose to do it to help others are a particularly special group of people who I admire. And those people who choose to not be visible for their own personal reasons are another special group who I choose to admire. It's equally valid. It really is. And I mean that not in a sort of like, well, let's just say that it is. I mean it genuinely. I really do think Mm. this is something that we need to acknowledge. In a moment of visibility, that the choice to not be visible is as valid. And it is. And Completely. uh, And today I'd like to celebrate every trans person, visible or not. Every non-binary person, visible or not. Everybody who has to experience this in a world that makes it difficult to make that choice, especially to you, you are seen, even if you choose not to be personally seen, you are collectively cared for and understood. I'm going to send enormous amounts of queer affection and llamas of love off to all my queer and non-binary siblings of all different subjectivities. That's the word that Josephine's trying to teach me, subjectivities. Your subjectivity is you. And all I wish for you is the ability to be you as you as you can be, to be the you that you want to be and to be happily you in the ways that you want to be you. Well, on that lovely note, dear listener, thank you for listening this week again. Next week, we are going to discuss another topic. In the meantime, I would just like to say thank you also to our very visible Patreon supporters. We see you and we are very grateful for your support. It is absolutely wonderful. I made a mental note to acknowledge that much more because I realized I hadn't been. And that is remiss because honestly, it is a wonderful thing. The money that you gave us in the last couple of months has gone to supporting another trans person who we interviewed recently and that is just wonderful so if you would like to continue to support us or if you would like to join those wonderful patrons who are already there please go to our patreon patreon.com slash it is complicated or one word the money goes at the moment to interviewing other people who have particularly interesting perspectives that we'd like to discuss and we pay them for their time because we feel that that is particularly important during these times and generally is important but especially right now So that's where your money's going. And thank you for sharing it with us. Now, having said that, Che, the money that people might be giving us, they might choose to (laughs) withdraw once I ask you this next question. Why would they choose to withdraw it? Because we're only going to discuss how breathtaking Keanu Reeves is. There is no other topic that could possibly come through. I mean, I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the first time in, I couldn't even remember seeing it, but I know that I'd seen it. And I have to say that I fell back in love with their stoner, kind hearts. His adorable kindness comes through in his characters. 
of course, there is the obligatory homophobia moment that pops up at one point. And Keanu, when you do join us, we will ask you to apologise. But that one moment aside, the rest of the movie left me grinning and feeling so happy. And that wasn't just watching Keanu's ass the entire way through. So, so are you saying that he was breathtaking? Oh, most definitely. That will be our conversation next week. Breathtaking Keanu Reeves. So next week, to listener, join us to discuss how breathtaking Keanu Reeves is. And in the meantime, we wish you a wonderful, visible day and see you next week. <laughs>